0: Love
1: Talk Radio. There's some dangerous large uh, carnivore out there.
2: Yeah, I saw that bird a young deer off the road and fly away. And uh, it was just about getting
0: dark, and we started panicking, running down the bridge, not really having any clue, I was throwing rocks in our vicinity, good-sized rocks. And uh, I stopped long enough to get a three-eights-seven out of my backpack, and looked back, and that's when I thought, I saw one.
2: railroad workers, uh, killed livestock, you know, just a lot of weird stuff that was going on. Good Sunday evening, everybody, and welcome to Monster X Radio. I'm your host, Gunnar Monson, and as always, Monster X Radio is hosted or sponsored by Sasquatch Coffee. That's www.squatchcoffee.com. Sasquatch Coffee, have you tried it yet? With me today, as always, is Shane Corson. Shane, how are you?
0: Doing well, Gunnar. Doing well, man. Thank you.
2: Good, and also on the line with this is Shelly Covington, Montana. Hi, Shelly. Thanks for being here.
1: Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me tonight.
2: Bet. Shelly is a self proclaimed, uh, excuse me, <coughs> I'm cooking a coffee over. Shelly describes herself as just a simple girl from Texas. She loves the wilderness and is always seeking to learn more about wildlife and the great mysteries that exist. Shelly has traveled extensively around the United States, meeting a lot of people and learning about different ecosystems. She's also, along with Shane, one of the hosts of CryptoLogic Radio. Woo! CryptoLogic Radio. <laughs> So, Shelley, I see uh, some interesting going, stuff going on with you. First of all, I need to ask you about the uh, Bigfoot Babes calendar. What is, what's going on with that? I just ran across that today.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, that, that's an interesting um, and really a great uh, uh, project that Charlie Raymond with the Kentucky Bigfoot Research Group, has put together, um, he was wanting to um, uh, create something to generate some monies for a, a children's um, group that uh, uh, neglected children, I believe, it, neglected children by their families. and all proceeds to this calendar will go towards that group. And it's basically, you know, I mean, I know it's called Bigfoot Babes, but it's basically women that are out there doing their due diligence in the Bigfoot research um, genre. I mean, it's it's ladies like me. They're going out, hitting the ground, and um, trying to create or, or, or collect, I'm sorry, not create, but collect evidence and seeing what's out there and you know girls and women in in this um you know in the world of bigfoot i mean i don't want to say we're undermined or, or overlooked but we are very detail minded and he just wanted to create something that would generate money for a great cause and um Charlie asked me if I would be involved, and I was um, happy and humbled by, you know, just being asked to be a participant, you know, within this. Um, the calendars are going to be uh, approximately $20 apiece, and with uh, $10 shipping and handling, just uh, message Charlie Raymond, on Facebook, and he'll get those out to you. But it's just—it's just for you know, giving some awareness to some women in Bigfooting who are doing some good stuff and um, helping out some kids in need.
2: Very cool. Yeah, yeah and the, I all, that all the very cool. Will go directly benefit the children at the Saint Joseph Children's Home in Louisville, Kentucky. So, and that that charity they. They treat forty, on average, the most severely abused children in Kentucky. So and they range from the ages of five to sixteen. So a great cause. So thank you for participating you. in that. Shirley?
1: Oh sure, sure. I mean I was humbled, as I said, to to be asked. So thank you so much.
2: And we po- we do have the link on our Facebook page to so you can click on that and and grab one of those cool calendars. So
1: Yeah, there's a lot so, of great women in, involved in that calendar, by the way. Um, Monica Rawlings, um, Melissa Hoovey, um Shannon LeGrow, um uh, Obviously, there's a woman for each month, but it, it, no matter what, it's a great cause, and I encourage everybody to participate.
2: Very cool. So, and for $20 and free shipping. So, mm-hmm. take, take a look at that Excellent. if you're looking for something for, you know, a great great uh, Christmas gift for uh, the Squatcher.
1: Absolutely, or so, stocking stuffer. <laughs> great
2: stocking stuffer. Shane, are you still with us?
0: I sure am. Sure am. Okay.
2: So, what's new in the world of Bigfooting? It seems like there's still quite a bit of fallout from the Sasquatch Summit. Um, It's interesting how uh, in in such a small community that there is some difficulty getting along, but, you know, it's just like any any other uh, group of people, it seems like, that uh, there's always... There's disagreements, so. Yeah, but.
0: yeah. There's there's there's, there's always going to be disagreements, and no, not everybody's going to get along, and toes are going to get stepped on and, and all that, you know, good stuff. It, you know, people always associate it with just Bigfoot or whatnot, but it's it's human nature. It's across the board, so I don't get my panties in the twist too much and just uh, do <laughs> what I do, just like Shelly does. She uh, tends to stay out of the drama part of it and just carry on with the – the fact, factual stuff and, and and that's you know, I really appreciate Shelly for um doing what she does and, and really um going steadfast with you know with, with her work and, and working with others. I mean Shelly's one that works with a lot of people and uh and and, and if you invite her out somewhere she will go. Um uh,
2: mm-hmm.
0: just to kinda of get an idea of what you're about. Uh, isn't that right Shelly?
1: Absolutely. I and I mean well, number one, I have never seen a Bigfoot. Um, I've possibly encountered something. I'll never say I did, only simply because I didn't see it. I, 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 I'm, you know, I'm from Texas, and but I'm, I'm that girl that says I need to see it before I can say it, it happened to me. But my husband has had a couple encounters, and they were B encounters, but they were extremely um eventful for him and and um i've been married to him for almost 28 years and he told me a story you know for many many years about him being run out of the woods by something that encircled his camp and was breaking and crashing all these things and and scared him to death actually and i he told me the story over and over and over, and I couldn't think what in the world would that be, you know, that ran him off from camp because he never saw it. And finally, one day, I said, "Uh, oh, you encountered a Bigfoot, didn't you?" And he said, "I didn't want you to think I was crazy, but I think that's what it was." And from that moment on, I knew then I had to, I had to be involved with, with with the search. I i I've always believed in Bigfoot. I mean, we've all seen, you know, The Legend of Boggy Creek, which was my first experience on TV. But I just never thought Texas was that that place. And so after our children grew up and moved away, Dawn and I decided that our next big adventure was to go out and search for Bigfoot. Now, of course, Don can't do it as much as I do. Um, he provides all the money so I can travel. But for the last year, I decided what I wanted to do is really, really look into the similarities in different areas throughout the United States. Um and and look and see if I can find patterns because obviously the Olympics are so much different than Texas or the southern states. You know, I always tease everybody when I go up north, I say, in Texas, we got angry woods, you know. Everything wants to cut you, bite you, kill you, eat you. Where when I go into the Olympics, everything is soft and beautiful and mossy and green and lush, and you can roll around on the ground, not here in Texas. So my biggest thought was I want to see what's out there that would um, be a similarity to what we have in Texas. Because obviously with the number of reports we have down here in the south, um, there's something going on. We all know that, or we wouldn't be here. There's something going on. So, yeah, for the last year, I've been traveling as much as I can afford to go out and and check it out and see what I can find because that's what's important to me is get back to the basics and look at, you know, the one thing I know about Bigfoot is he lives in the woods, regardless of what he is, You know, we all have speculation on that. We really don't know, but we do know he lives in the woods. So what is it about the woods up north that are the same as the woods down here? You know, what would it attract a Bigfoot to live in my area as well as anywhere else in the United States? So that's what I'm trying to do right now.
0: Well, we know where you... Well, actually, do you mind talking about some of the places you've been, Shelly, and and maybe what you've experienced or taken away from some of those areas and and the people that you've worked with?
1: Sure. Um, Well, I've spent a lot of time in Oklahoma, spent a a huge amount of time here in Texas. Um, I'm really, really, really – Skeptical about what people call as evidence. I mean, the shame. You know, the more I learn, the less I know. That's what I tell myself all the time. You know, I, I think maybe this is that, or that is this. And the next thing I know, I'm completely wrong. You know, but I I I like your
0: quote. You have a quote, and you do you mind sharing it? Because I love your quote about evidence.
1: But I believe a thousand percent in Bigfoot, and about one percent in what is called evidence. I I need you to slap me over the head with evidence. I mean, I Uh gotta discount every single thing before I can actually say it's Bigfoot. Bigfoot should be the last thing anybody can say that it is. That's the way I I run my research.
2: It's funny that. After you had been to the Olympic project, I uh went out with Guy Edwards and he was talking about you the the gal from Texas that was a friend of Shane's who her her uh, mantra was Bigfoot Last. And I liked yes. that I liked it so much that I've been using that ever since. So I that that's a great mindset to have when we're looking at at what you know, what we find in the woods and what kind of evidence we have. I used to go Absolutely. through a really
1: Absolutely. I, I, you know, like Shane said, if you invite me out, I'm absolutely going to do everything I can to come to your area. I I mean, I, you know, I want to experience this, but I'm also going to be prepared to discount anything as far as wildlife, natural occurrences, human behavior, before I'm ever going to say 14 me whatever you bring forth to me i want to discount all all other possibilities first and i'm constantly learning some interesting and wonderful scientific um ideas about what possibilities could be you know that's that's the thing with me is wildlife is so simple it's brilliant i mean people don't give wildlife in general the credit it deserves in in my eyes, I mean, if you go out and you just sit and listen, you know I, I go out Don and I go out all the time, not necessarily to um, research or look for bigfoot we're going out to learn about wildlife in general, and Don and I will sit for thirty minutes to an hour in one spot and try not to move and see what will happen around us i mean actually. I tell people and I tease about this, but it's true. If you sit long enough and you're quiet and still long enough, you can hear the grass grow. You can hear the ants move. You can hear the mosquitoes. You know, and everything is connected. You know, from the rodents all the way up to Bigfoot, everything is connected. Everything has has a purpose in wildlife. And um, if you take one of those things out, you're really messing things up. But anyway, that's, you know, that's how I run my research is is starting with the basics.
0: Yeah, no, that's a fantastic approach and and approach that really led me to kind of um, work with you and and get to know you better, invite you out to the Olympic project and whatnot. And uh, I know you've done... uh, you've been to a lot of different areas around the States and stuff. And um, yeah, I mean, uh, can you talk about some of those again, you know, uh, some of the, I know you've been like Oklahoma, you've been up to Washington with the Olympic project. You've been all over the place more than actually probably more than anybody. I know (laughs) that actually gets involved with other groups, which is awesome.
1: Well, of course you invited me up to the Olympic project and I was like, okay, be careful because if you invite me, I will come. And, one of the things I like to do when I visit um other people's research areas, especially if they don't really know me. I mean, of course, Shane, you and I had met online and, and we're doing the show, but you really don't get to know someone until you're out in the bush with somebody, you know. And the first thing I like to do when I go into an area like that and everybody involved is I want to, you know, introduce them to my, my wildlife DNA kits. And that was the first thing I did because, you know, Derek, I mean, you invited me and I, I did my, you know, I filled out my forms and did all my stuff. And Derek Randles, he just, you know, he just thinks I'm another girl going to have a Bigfoot experience. But my whole purpose was to learn and to see, like I said, the similarities and differences in the Olympic project to Texas or the southern states. So when I went up, I gave Derek and all his guys a DNA kit because I wanted them to understand. I'm not just some little girl from Texas wanting to have an experience. I'm here to actually collect some real scientific evidence, Well, at least what I think is. I'm, I'm doing my best. I'm no scientist. I'm just a simple girl from Texas, like I said, you know, and I'm doing the best I can. And anyway, I've I've been to the Olympic Project, I've been to Ohio, I've been to Oregon, I've been to Oklahoma, I've been to Arkansas, I've been to Louisiana, and um I'm planning uh different trips for the next year. Don and I are talking about going to Kentucky um obviously, we're coming back to the Olympic Project because that was fabulous in Oregon um gosh, I'm trying to think of all the places I've gone, and it, I'm just constantly on the move, but like I said, you know the people I've worked with I've learned many things, especially in the Olympic project I mean I met Adam Davies there, and um. He had confirmed some things for me that I had been doing on my own with my husband. Um, Also, I met David Ellis, who was fabulous because he could actually put recordings on a, I believe it's called a spectrogram.
0: Yeah, spectrograph,
1: yeah. Yeah, spectrograph, sorry. And, and I could see the differences in a human making a noise or a coyote making a noise to something we don't know what it is making a noise. You know, I mean, those are the other things that I really, really try to um, research and look into is the different sounds that all kinds of animals can make. You know, I mean, you know, people give the armchair researcher a bad rap I think they are viable people, viable people in this industry. A lot of people can't get out, but they can put things on the Internet that I can use, and I think it's awesome, you know. So, yeah, I mean, um, like I said, the Olympic Project was extremely important for me. Adam Davies and I had an experience that – like i said i'll never say it was a big foot, but it was extremely um important in in the research that uh, uh i'm trying to do right now
0: Well, know, so. let, let's let, let's talk about it a little bit because he kind of um he kind of validated some of you and what you and don have done in, in right. the past uh and let's talk about that cuz i find that fascinating
1: okay well, Don and I had been going to an area for a, a solid year. Every weekend for a solid year and um looking into some reports and uh, accounts that um you know, I, it, it was close to my home. This was in the beginning and and uh, I had done about a year on YouTube just researching Bigfoot. Just Solid eight hours a day or more for an entire year, every single day, before I would even look into the groups or go out looking quote at for or at Bigfoot, you know. And um, Don and I have been discussing um, gorilla behavior, and we really were we really 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 were focusing more. On the gorilla behavior and paralleled what we thought bigfoot behavior was doing and um so we had talked about the calls and and um tree structures and those kind of things, and kind of played around with a few things and and um uh, we had decided that um if we really wanted to get involved with a bigfoot and we paralleled it with the gorilla behavior. We didn't need to go look for Bigfoot. We needed to call Bigfoot to come to us. So Dawn had suggested that um we looked into um primal grunts as gorillas do. And um our our both of our kids are grown and gone now but they both had spent, one had spent 10 years in cheerleading, the other one had spent 16 years in cheerleading, and we had all these megaphones and such around, and Don said, hey, if we want to sound like a a Bigfoot and we want to make it territorial, like we're calling one out, let's use a megaphone. So we go out and we work with a megaphone because it gives you an extremely organic sound. It's not a recorded sound. It sounds like a person or an animal that has lungs that would fit into a 7 to a 1,000 pound animal. So we go out and start using this megaphone. And we start getting results. I mean, I I didn't really talk about it. I didn't want to tell people about it because I didn't want them to think I was crazy. You know, we're using primal Grunts, And we're using this huge megaphone and making these huge grunting sounds. Anyway, I go to the Olympic project with no expectations. I just want to go. And um, Adam Davies is there. I've been speaking with him about his orangutan uh research and all the things that were going on with him. And he shows up. And one night, um, which Olympic Project is excellent about how they lay everything out. And everybody, every night we have, um, uh, they put everybody into research groups that they want to be in. Where do you want to go? This is where we're going to do this. And we're going to record here. And we're going to make calls here. And it was fabulous. Anyway, I go with um adam and i think it was five of us in a group there were quite a few groups and shane you and another five or six people are in a group behind us so many yards back and uh we end up going down a trail and we're headed we're headed to a location so nobody has lights on everybody's really quiet and we go down this trail And we stop and we're looking around and then all of a sudden we start moving again and we're next to what I call a berm. But it's just like, I don't know, 30-foot tall um, embankment with trees above it, but it's straight down and all of a sudden pebbles and rocks start falling down from this embankment as we're walking away. And everybody's like, stop, 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 shh, stop. And um all of a sudden, Adam goes into this totally different person I had met and had been visiting with for the last, you know, half a day and runs over, tells everybody to be quiet, runs over and makes these primal grunts. And and I I about pissed on myself, sorry. I mean I it, it's I mean, it was so exciting for me that he did that because he was showing me that what Don and I had been working on for so long. Someone else was was telling me, "Yeah, this is this is what we do," you know. So anyway, he makes these grunts, and um, we all stand about, and we're really quiet, and we're listening, and we're looking, and nothing, and. So we start walking again, and all of a sudden we hear, you know, just ever so low and so silent, but yet very distinctive. Every one of us heard it, and um, the excitement just started from there. And um, so Adam was like, Shelly, would you run down the trail and and make a grunt? And I'm like, hell yeah, I will. You know, and so, I mean, it's total darkness. You know, the canopy is so tall. We can't see the moon. There is no light. I run down the trail and make a grunt. Nothing. So I come back. We stand around for a bit. I believe Adam asked John, his his, uh, traveling companion to make a grunt. He did as well. Nothing happened, and then... Adam makes another grunt as we walk up the trail and then we get a response. (laughs) You know, just ever so to me it almost sounded like it was a restraint but it was still trying you know, to to answer Adam like, you're not going to intimidate me, you know. This is my area. I mean, I don't know what it was but it was exciting. I mean, it wasn't a bear. It wasn't an elk. I know it wasn't because
0: yeah.
1: at this point, this thing has now followed us 50 yards down the trail. So, you know, everything is extremely exciting. Tom's on the radio telling your group, okay, hold back, hold back, hold back. You know, and um, we still can't see anything because the um, at this point where we're traveling, there is a mixture of undergrowth, hardwoods, and pines. It's very dense, but there's something up there making noise. And so we travel a little bit farther, and Adam, I believe, makes one more grunt, and we get another response on the other side of the trail. And and I, I'm just, I'm ready to cry because I feel like, oh, my gosh, there's something happening here, but I still can't say it's a Bigfoot. But like I said, it's not a bear. It's not an elk because I I just don't believe that. I just don't. But then again, I can't say it's a Bigfoot. The next thing I know, Adam says, Shelly, please excuse me, but I'm going to urinate all over the trees and all over the path because I want to establish this area. I'm like, go ahead. So he That's goes ahead something. and does his... I'm sorry?
2: That's not something you run into every day.
1: No, but I've had my husband actually urinate on areas, and, you know, and and to be honest with you, I've done it as well because of pheromones, and I've also... I mean, it sounds really creepy and weird, but our daughter will do it when she's ovulating. That sounds crazy, but, you know, it's all about Bigfoot research, you know. And um, so, yeah, he urinated on the trail and then said, we need to leave now. Now the area is established. And I said, so this is the Bigfoot boxing ring. And he said, Exactly. Um, so, yeah, that was a very, very um, exciting time for me. Well, I will say it was a Bigfoot? I can't, but I will say it was interesting and fabulous. But I think the most important thing for me was that Adam had um, shown me that he was doing the t- same type of research as I was with the grunts and following the um, behavior.
0: So. Yeah. When, and, and there's two things there I wanted to add was, one, um, that was not the location we were uh, initially going to head to. We were stopped mm-hmm. short of our actual, the location we were going to. So those events happened um, prematurely or, or, you know, at least weren't, the area that we were planning going to was a good little distance away and, and we got stopped. The second thing I wanted to mention was that, I you know, Shelley, we had gone out. You and uh, when not you had re- placed recorders out there the following evening, and oh,
2: yeah. yes, yes,
0: and we got some great audio. I, I believe some really fantastic audio um, from that right. area with nobody around. Um, you know, we I I had gone back back out and collected the following morning after you'd said it. Um, right. So there was yeah. some corroborating evidence there to back up the previous night, and I thought that was. Um, I, thought, I mean, I was just amazed by the audio record. You know, a lot of people look at it and go, "eh," but for me, it was really compelling audio.
1: Right, and and Shane, you had taught me something. You know, I question everything. I'm constantly questioning. You know, oh, come on, show me, show me, show me. Mm-hmm. And you say, "Yes," but Shelley, when you have co- collaborating evidence, you know, you've got this instance where we had went out that night and got the grunts. And then, you know, I said, okay, Shane, I'm going to put out recorders tonight. And he said, oh, please put mine out. And I did. And we got, like, 13 hours of recordings. And then we got more grunts on your recorder. I mean, that is the pattern that I'm looking for. You know, I mean, it's not a track. But we have David Ellis, who took your recordings and put them on the spectrograph. I couldn't find any similarities in any other animal or humans yeah. on those. That's what is so compelling. You know, you, I mean, I want to believe everything. I mean, I do. I just do. But I can't let myself do that. I was raised by uh, my dad's in law enforcement, and uh, he worked for the state of Texas. And uh, basically, he's a retired Texas ranger, and so... I'm not allowed in my own mind to believe just what people say. I need I need some evidence. And that's as close as we're going to get at this point. At this point, I mean, it was great for us to say we're on the right path. You know, I mean, that's my whole goal. Am, am I on the right path? Am I going in the right direction?
0: Yeah. Yeah, you know, um reading some comments in the chat room, Digger Dog said something that I always love, is when when all our options are ruled out, the answer, no matter how improbable, must be the answer. And that's what research is about. You rule out everything that it could be, and then you're left with, what it, what is it, or what could it be? And mm-hmm. and that is so important, is to first go into research ruling out Bigfoot. Rule it out. Uh, try and prove that it could be a Bigfoot. And, and then if you're left with questions, Walden, and that's when the real research begins. I mean, the real substance, the real value, that's where it begins. And, well, uh, and
1: that's absolutely, and that's why I, I put together my, my little DNA kit. You know, I just tell people, you know, it's basic seventh grade science. I mean, just go back and think about it, you know, and sterilize everything and try to be as clean and collective as you can. You know, I I am by far no scientist, but I want to be true to what I call research. I mean, people out there don't know who I am because I don't post anything because, you know what, I haven't found anything that is for sure solid proof. Why would I post anything less? I mean, I'm just learning about wildlife as a go, you know, I mean, just like when we do um, castings, you know, I I I want to cast everything. I want to cast bear tracks. I want to cast wolf tracks. I want to cast whatever I see out there so that I know that the area can um, uh, be able to substantiate a Bigfoot. I mean, we need to have wildlife. If you don't yeah. know the life, how do you know if you're in the right direction?
0: Correct. Yeah. Yo, correct. Now, now, Shelly, let's talk about your DNA kits. You know, what's in your DNA kit exactly? You know, and you, you talk about being, you know, seventh grade, whatever. But I mean, uh, as as researchers or or enthusiasts or people that really take this this subject matter serious, what's in mm-hmm. your DNA kit, and why is it so valuable? Because I find it very valuable to have. And a must in 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 your pack, your kit, to have a mm-hmm. DNA um, representation in there. I think it, and, and I think it's also the new thing for the Bigfoot world, especially. I mean, a lot of people go out there and, and and post videos and blah blah blah. But the hardcore people, I believe, the ones that are really really serious about proving Sasquatch exists, have to have right. some sort of DNA kit with them. So what's in your what's in your kit?
1: Okay, well. It all will fit into just a quart-sized baggie. And people will say, oh, you're not supposed to put anything into plastic. Well, first of all, the entire kit is put into a plastic baggie simply for moisture. I mean, when you're in the Olympics or Oregon or any of those places, you don't want it to get wet. So, yes, I put it all into a plastic bag. But it's not going to decompose anything because we don't have any DNA in it yet. First of all, I call it a wildlife DNA kit because we're simply collecting evidence. And um, it doesn't matter what it is. You need to know and learn what it is. If you're collecting a hair, you want to know the difference between a boar hair, a deer hair, a Bigfoot hair, a human hair. You know, all those things are important. If you don't know those things, then how could you know it was a a I mean, you don't want to run to um, a college or an institute to spend a ton of money on a boar hair if you already know it's a boar hair. So number one, we want to call it a wildlife DNA kit, and we want to just put it in a protective envelope so that there's no moisture involved. Um, And I'm constantly updating my DNA kit because I find that, there's always better and bigger things we can use. But first of all, the most simplest thing I put in it is just what I call a puppy pad. You know the little pee pee pad? Because you don't want to lay all your stuff out just on the ground. You want to lay it out on a, a protective sanitary area. So I lay out what I call as a puppy pad or a pee pee pad. And then I label everything. Everything needs to have a label on it. That way you can um, write down what it is and where you collected it. Um, Number two, uh, Purell or or alcohol. I have Purell uh, packets in, in the kit. First thing you need to do, sanitize your hands. Next thing, I have surgical gloves that are put into an acid-free envelope and the most important pair of surgical gloves are placed into another pair of surgical gloves. That way you can put both pair on and then remove the outer pair and you are DNA-free. You're not contaminated. Number two, I have a face mask, a surgical face mask. You don't want any of your saliva or any of those um, or any of that type of DNA to contaminate your collection. Um, number, and, and I'm saying these things as I'm looking at them. I don't, it's not necessarily in those depths, but also um, survey tape. You want to section off your area in small squares and um, look for your DNA in sectioned areas. Once that area is completely uh, looked over and collected. You move on to the next area. Number three, I have gauze pads. I put two or three gauze pads in, and gauze, uh, surgical gauze pads, are great for putting hair samples in. They're white, they're surgical, they're they're sterile. You can place your hair sample within the surgical pad and then put it into an acid-free envelope, which those are also included. Um, I also include um, sterile test tubes with um, sterile Q-tips inside. That way you can collect any kind of um, liquids or fluids with the swab. But I also have pipettes, surgical or sterile pipettes sterile droppers if you want to collect fluid and place those into the test tube. Um, I also have a sterile razor blade, sterile tweezers, sterile brushes. um, And I don't necessarily have a gamut or, or a rundown of how you need to collect evidence as long as you're being sterile. And everything in this kit will allow you to do that. Um, I also have a sterile artist knife and a sterile um, container for scat. So you can collect scat. Now, scat is not always going to tell you the DNA unless you get the mucus off the outside of the scat. But it may tell you what the animal is eating. And... Like I said, it's a wildlife DNA kit, and um you're able to um determine if this is another known animal before you try to determine that is bigfoot and I would suggest that people go to their local community college, not a private university, start at a community college, go into the science. Program and ask if someone can identify any hairs or scat that you have, and if they cannot, then you go from there.
0: Fabulous, great stuff, really good stuff. Um,
1: uh,
0: yeah, oh, I mean, you're, if, you're, you're, oh, go ahead.
1: One last thing I'm adding is a wildlife um, DNA form. So you can record everything on the form before you send it out. So it's going to have on that form where you collected it, your GPS, the moon phase, the barometric pressure,
2: the time of the day,
1: the time of the month, um, the year. Every possible thing you can collect in in the area of where you collected your evidence. So that there can help you with um your similarities and differences. If we did that every time we went out and collected anything, that would kind of give us some kind of pattern, I believe. I mean, of course, we're not going to always find something we find that interesting to collect, but that way you know exactly where and what you collected and so will the people that are looking at your evidence.
0: Yes, yes. And the 18 kids Everybody, in my opinion, that's going out there trying to actually do something significant has to have one. I mean, it's just – it's a must. Um, mm-hmm. I carry the DNA kit that you made with me everywhere. Um, it's a must. If you're trying to be yes. serious about it, bring it along. Because um, in the end, you know, we're trying – you may you may or may not find something, but if you do, you're going to be so thankful you have that kit with you. Because for me – uh, it's all about building patterns. You know, patterns are so important, and that's one of the things being involved with the Loom Project, you know, we, we try, and try to enforce and, and teach people is patterns. Right. Um, and I know, Shelly, you're right on board with patterns. I mean, that's that's key.
1: It, it absolutely is. And, and and I I just want to speculate. I mean, i talk about the two most important patterns I have found within the last year is that I think everybody knows this, of course, you know, water sources are are a huge deal. But not only the water sources, but the headwaters of the water sources, where the, the rivers and streams come into those water sources, or they all meet together. That is a key thing that I'm seeing. Also, not just a pine forest, but a mixture of the pine forest and the hardwoods together, because we're looking for food sources i mean i I truly believe that Bigfoot isn't just you know eating meat or eating vegetation; he has to um figure out what he's going to eat year round, you know, and in the fall, of course, I think he probably gorges on deer, elk, hogs, but he also needs a source of fruit and nuts. And um, persimmons, I think, are a huge thing here in Texas and the southern states. And so I'm looking for persimmon trees. I'm looking for a mixture of hardwoods and pine forests. I'm looking for the water sources and where the headwaters flow into. Um, that's where I'm seeing patterns and um sightings and
0: reports absolutely absolutely now shelly you're one of the few that i know that worked with a lot of groups um in different Mm -hmm. areas around the country how now do all these groups kind of do the similar things or are they work vastly different with with how they go about doing their thing you know um do some do like the finding Bigfoot stuff about knock calls and all that, or do some, you know, have, want to use DNA kits or do, do, some, I mean, how does that work? What have you found in in, um, in going to these different areas that some, maybe some differences and maybe some uh, similarities and what are your thoughts on, on that?
1: Um, I do find a lot of differences and I do find a lot of similarities. Um, I work, closely with some groups that are are just totally scientific and um, don't um, or try not to venture into speculation or assumptions. Um, but I also have worked with a few groups that are, are, you know, trying to do their due diligence. I mean, they put out a lot of cameras and... Um, really try to focus on, they know Bigfoot's in the area and they want to get photo evidence, which I don't think a whole lot about photo evidence. But um, I find that groups all over the country do vast differences, you know. I mean, honestly, Shane, you know, I don't believe a whole lot on, in structures and nests and those kind of things, because I think it's a waste of time for Bigfoot. I believe Bigfoot lives in the woods, and he simply is looking to find some calories every day. He doesn't have time to make a nest. He doesn't have time to make a structure. And uh, who cares if Bigfoot is trying to uh, tell another Bigfoot that he's in the area with an X structure? Another Bigfoot's going to know he's in the area. Who gives a crap? I mean, he's an apex predator. He is the almighty Bigfoot. I mean, so, yeah, I see a lot of differences. and um, But I try to pick up and learn from everybody. I don't necessarily agree with everything everybody puts out there. and And I pretty much try to tell them, unless you can show me some evidence, flat out, that you know for sure that was done or made by Bigfoot, I'm sorry, I can't say it was. I could probably pull something out of my bag and show you it was something else in, in wildlife. And I have to carry things with me because I'm simply a woman. Because being a woman in this game, and I don't have a degree in science, so I'm I'm two or three notches down on on the block. I mean, they might listen, but they 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 might giggle behind what I say, but I can pull some stuff out and tell you, "No, that's a beaver." And let me show you why.
0: Yeah. And, and you know what you give, you don't give uh, yourself enough kudos because you are very skeptical uh when it comes to uh, you may not have a degree, but you're invaluable when it comes to research, uh, and and so are okay. many people out there and many females out there. Um, I work with some fabulous uh, women in the field, um, Kenny Barba and Cindy um, Cadell, just two. Cindy Cadell is just, and I think she's in the chat room and listening right. to the show. She is just uh, amazing and and very skeptical. She she know, but she's very thorough with her research. And when it comes to Bigfoot, you know, she will rule out everything before she ever even thinks it's a Bigfoot, you know. And, uh, you know, Cindy Dawson, many of these many of these women out in the field, uh, I have a lot of respect for, and I learn a lot from them. Um, they teach me a lot. And you're one of them, Shelly. Uh, you're one of those, those people that um, I learn a lot from, and that's why I wanted you out here to Oregon and Washington, because I wanted you to partake in some of the research I'm doing, but I wanted your input.
1: Right. Well, and, you know... I spend a lot of time in the woods by myself because I'm an avid fisherman. I mean, I love to fish, and you know that shank. But I look at fishing as a little bit different than most people do. You know, it's it's a hunt for me. I'm not just sitting and waiting for the fish to come up and take my bait. I'm going to try to figure out now what is this fish doing? You know, the barometric pressure is going to affect how he's going to act towards my hook. You know, and, and 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 those are the type of things that I think about on a daily basis. I mean, I spend hundreds of hours in the woods fishing, and I, I do it with by myself. And 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 you know, my goal is to fill my freezer up every year. So that I have fish all year long. And I hunt a little bit. I'm a gun advocate. I mean, um, that's another thing. I don't go in the woods. Uh, if I go in the woods by myself, which is very, very, very ra- rarely, um, people know where I'm at and uh, people come check on me, but I always carry a firearm because um you just never know but um i think of wildlife as um just something it's 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 not a a a i don't want to call it stupid but it's a very complex and wonderful uh ecosystem and i want to figure it out you know and people overlook it and think it just so simple, but really, it, it, it's so brilliant. Everything has a connection, and and I'm 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 so interested in all that. And uh, Bigfoot, just oh my gosh, it it it's amazing how um, crazy, wonderful it is. And I can't wait for the discovery. I hope I'm alive during the discovery because. I hope I was on track with the things I'm trying to do.
0: Yeah, and and I do believe it will be discovered. It will be proven. A lot of people don't want it to be. Um, but I am I'm in the boat that yeah, I'm in the boat that I do want it to be proven. Um, some people can call that selfish, I don't care, but just that's a goal of mine, um, is, is to prove it. And I do believe, um, there are many people out there like yourself, Shelly, that are, are going about things the right way, and it's it's uh, it's not a fast process. It, you know, it, a lot of people want shock and awe right away. They want videos. They want this and that. But if you're being thorough, um, it's it's a long, tedious affair, and uh, I enjoy every minute of it. And I enjoy meeting people like yourself, working with other people that are like-minded on the same page. And that's what I, you know, maybe perhaps we will never prove it. Maybe perhaps um, it won't happen. I don't know. But I enjoy working with like-minded people, um, doing thorough research and and looking at what's the evidence out there and scrutinizing it. Whether I bring it or someone else brings it, for me right. that that you know, and 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 through all that, it, it, I find some very very compelling things. Um, I I know personally they exist. I have no problem saying that. Right. But the evidence I,
1: I know it too. I know it too, even though I have never
0: seen one. I know I just know it.
1: I mean and and that goes against all scientific, you know, research is my belief is is what's wrong, you know. So I want to to um, make that belief a fact, you know, I need to go with facts. Assumptions will only lead us down to the road of of um, fallacies. I mean, we 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 are so impatient as a human culture that we start slapping emotions into the game, and we assume we make assumptions. Oh, that you know that structure must have been made by Bigfoot, but you know what? Um, there are so many natural occurrences that can explain that structure. I'm sorry. I just haven't come upon one. I've come upon some huge structures, and Don and I walk around it, and my thing is I say, talk it out, talk it out, talk it out. You know, everybody should bring a skeptic with them on their research. It just keeps you real. It keeps you real because you want so badly, or I do, I want so badly Bigfoot to be discovered I need to always have that Skeptical thought in the back of my head But if I have a skeptic With me, heck, yeah He's going to he's gonna keep me straight You know, and I'm going to go You're right, you're right, you're right That was made by hogs, that was made by Natural occurrences I mean, there is one um, One of the most Of uh, Exciting things that I learned this last year was. Do you remember the uh, episode of uh, that I had posted a picture, which was called the Mother of All Bigfoot Tree Twist? Do you remember that? Yes. Yeah. All right. So I post. Well, some gentleman had posted it in a room, and. he basically said, this is what I found, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you have my attention, sir. Please yeah. elaborate. Correct? Yeah. And he was like, oh, I went out and heard some noises. Next day I come back and this is what I found. And this thing is huge. I mean, it's at least.
0: Shelly, uh, we're, we're we're down to a minute ten oh, um, before sorry. we cut out here. So if you can tell that real quick.
1: Anyway, I was taught by another researcher that it was made by a lightning strike and created by other humans on the twisting. As far You don't have to see a black burn mark with a lightning strike. Number one, you can test the moisture in a tree to see if this has been heated up enough to create a lightning strike. I thought that was amazing. But anyway... Sorry yeah, Not
0: at all Shelley, um, We're going to run here But I thank you so much For joining us Very very enlightening show And uh, You uh, Keep doing what you're doing girl And I really appreciate it And I want thank you back you. Out your ASAP I hope to make out Of Texas sometime But from Absolutely. All of us At Monstrix Radio uh, Really appreciate What you're doing And keep it up Thank you so much For joining us
1: Thank
0: you so much For having me Thanks Shelly